Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. As we are doing throughout Lent, our readings are going to be shared uh, through a video with different images in the background. Our gospel today comes from the fourth chapter of John. Jesus left Judea and started back to Galilee. Go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well, Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon, and a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Give me a drink. How is it that you, a Jew, asks a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying me a drink... You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty the water that I will give will be a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but in her. Then the woman left her water jar, and she went back to the city to tell all the people. Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? The Samaritans left the city, and they were on their way to see Jesus. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And they asked Jesus to stay with them. And he stayed there two days 
and made because of his word. But that's not how the reading ends. Jesus stays with the Samaritans for two days and many more believed because of his word. Then the Samaritans remember who told them this good news. And the Samaritans said to the woman who met Jesus at the well, your turn. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Grace and peace to you, my friends, in Christ. This uh, biblical story is one that is often interpreted culturally, not so much biblically. But what, what do I mean by that? Well, this is a story that is guilty of humans filling it with our own emotions and feelings that sometimes aren't actually there. Is the woman a sinner? Never says that. Is this woman of ill repute within her community, looked down upon, full of shame? Never says that either. But is that the way we fill in the blanks? Is Jesus shaming her? Is she told, go and sin no more? Nope. It's not in this story either. Yes, the woman has had five husbands and currently lives with another man, but women didn't have enough agency to be the initiator of that many divorces or relationships. It's not like that was the reason why she had that many husbands. What's most likely to have happened is that each of those husbands had died, and the next man up, often the next oldest brother, would marry her. If this woman was an outcast then... When she went to tell all the other Samaritans about Jesus, would they have listened? I don't know. Would, would you listen if an outcast came and told you? I don't think so. Yet they responded immediately. It's almost as if this is a woman that's held when, with high regard and her word carries much weight in this community. The woman at the well is a beloved, misinterpreted character. This is Reverend Dr. Caroline Lewis. She loves this story. She loves this story so much that she wrote a book called Belonging, all about it. It's going to be the next book that the Faith Book Club is going to read. No, seriously, Dr. Lewis really, 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 really likes this character. It's left quite the impression on her. She has a tattoo on her arm of the woman at the well. The reason I think Dr. Lewis loves this story is because the woman has power, confidence. She doesn't back down. She knows her place. This is the longest conversation in the Bible that anyone has with Jesus. This is her community well. So, Jesus is actually the outsider in this story. Sometimes we forget that too. Jesus is the one who doesn't belong, not the woman. Plus, he shows up at the well and asks the woman for a drink 
I mean, are you kidding me, Jesus? This would have been a significant faux pas. This is Jacob's well. This is where Jacob met Rachel right during the midday. Talking to a woman at a well has a long biblical history, especially in this culture. Asking for a drink at a well is like offering to buy a drink at a bar. It's about more than just the beverage. Yet Jesus quickly steers away from any hints of impropriety by suggesting she goes and gets her husband. By acknowledging her history, however, the woman isn't embarrassed. Instead, this is how she discerns that Jesus is a prophet. How else would he know all of this? I mean, he's the outsider. I dare say he comes from a group that often would put their nose in the air whenever they saw a Samaritan. Yet, this woman is able to perceive that if this really is the Messiah, even the Samaritans, even her people, are being told that they belong. They're not allies. Remember the line at the very beginning of the reading? Jesus had to go to Samaria. No, he didn't. It's out of the way. It's a place to be avoided. Jesus chooses to divert his path to go through Samaria, to break through barriers. There's something about Samaria. There's something about Samaria that I think is relatable to us. Because like it or not, in our heads, there are people that we tend to other. Yet, even in those feelings... Jesus is still pointing us continually to relationship. We're called to create belonging, belonging within our church, a welcome to be able to hear the good news and the word of the gospel. Historically, this congregation here at Faith Lutheran has sought to build partnerships, both in our community and around the world. Relational ministry is all about belonging. One of those partnerships that I knew about before I even became the pastor here at Faith Lutheran was because of the work of the former pastor here, Don Fultz, and his wife Eunice. I learned about the Oringa Diocese at my previous congregation and about the rich history, and about these important relationships that have been forged. And so each week through Lent, as we've been talking about different ministry partners, I couldn't help but think about how in this story about the woman at the well, how our relationship with the Oringa Diocese in Tanzania is all about our partnership forged with a well. I remember the stories that I've heard about Keith Olson going over to Tanzania and helping to build wells. I know over the long course of this relationship that we have uh, financially supported uh, the congregation in Kitabaga. This is their church. We've invested in human connections, sending many members over the last 25 years, including youth. And so even though it's been a few years since we've sent anybody over there, it's important that we continue to help with scholarships. We've supported their pastor and widow fund. We recently authorized the use of funds to pay for the completion of this hostel that they have in their community. One of the things about Keith Olson is that it was really important for him in his ministry to be able to go over to Tanzania and help establish and build wells. And this video is taken from about 15 years ago. And I want you to hear 
what he talks about and how he talks about his relationship with the people in Oringa Diocese. I spend quite a bit of time here, and we had more people doing that, we'd be in great shape. Now, there are other people doing that in, in areas of education and, and teaching and, and uh, things like that. But as far as the water, we're just getting started. We've only been at it now for six years. We've been here in Tanzania for three and a half years. And uh, we want to grow the program. We want to get three drill rigs up and operating. We hope that's our plan for next year. And next year, at the end of next year, we're hoping we'll have 50 or 60 uh, complete drill uh, wells at the end of the year. The idea is to train the Tanzanian people in business practices and skills of drilling wells so that they can take over the operation of this NGO, which is non-government agency, themselves. And they can run it by themselves so that in five years, ten years, we can step aside and then they will carry on. This creates jobs right now. We have nine people employed. We plan to go to 14 in January, and I see no reason why in another year or two we wouldn't be up around 20. And so we're creating jobs, we're bringing money in, but most of all, we're uh, supplying water to the people and, and giving them better life and better health. I love that, that sense of relationship about creating jobs within the local economy, within that local uh, partnership and thinking about that legacy that has continued to forge that lives to this day. Uh, Pastor Fultz just died this past year and Keith uh, died a few years ago, but you think about the roots of that legacy that they have left and how that has continued to grow. I think the Tanzania ministry could have been a whole bunch of people from the United States just going over and saying, here, we're going we're gonna to fix this and we're going to do this and we're going to step aside. But that wasn't the case. Bega qua bega, shoulder to shoulder, was the focus of the St. Paul Area Synod. St. Paul Partners continues that work of the, of the legacy of these wells. This Oringa Diocese partnership has been and it always will be about relationships. So what can we learn from each other? The Burgies, the Carlsons, the Kegels, the Petersons, the Lees, I could keep going on and on. We've seen families who've gone over there and then brought back rich stories and lifelong friendships that affect this church to this day. So what does this partnership have to do with us sitting in worship today? Why does that matter to us now? I think it comes back to the belonging. Belonging includes our neighbors across the street and those around the world. It's about belonging to something much bigger than any of us. Seeing the beautiful invitation by Jesus to know the Messiah. It's part of our DNA, it's who we are. I think about how six years ago this congregation forged a welcome statement. This beautiful document that says what we're about and who is welcome here. Now, this is nothing new for churches. Churches have been coming up with welcome statements for years. Many, many churches are going to say, all are welcome. Yay. It's a great statement to have. Every church should say this. The thing about welcome statements is it's just paper, unless we live it out. Plenty of faith communities start with a welcome statement and then give you the whole rules and expectations speech. And you know, maybe I'll start with something like, yeah, 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 we're all a bunch of sinners, but, you know. But what I think really is behind that is a sense of, yeah, we want you to come and then just be like us. Faith 
we care about something bigger. We care about belonging. To all whom the world seeks to separate, divide, or isolate, you are welcome here as a child of God. No matter who you are, you will find yourself sometimes in multiple places in this welcome statement. This welcome statement is not a bait and switch. We mean it and we live by it. Faith isn't about welcoming you and then making sure that you conform everything in your identity to be just like everyone else. This welcome statement continues to be the front door into this church, into a relationship with our congregation. I had someone recently approach me and tell me about this welcome statement and how it affected them. How they said this was more than just words to them. That when they read this statement, they checked out Faith Lutheran to see if we really lived it. How would they actually encounter the people when they came here? Do we welcome and encourage people? Do we encourage belonging without judgment and discrimination? This person told me that when they came, they felt this in ways that made them weep. Please hear that and celebrate that this is who we are. That this is something that is a bit rare in our world to this day. And so as we welcome new members, families with unique backgrounds, families from around the world who have found Forest Lake as their residence, but Faith Lutheran as their home, we welcome them. For people who are new to this community, you are encouraged to be part of what we're all about. What are we all about? It's sharing that good news and that love for our neighbor no matter where we go. Share that feeling of belonging with the world that is around us. Just like the Samaritans have said, we have heard for ourselves and we know that Jesus is truly the savior of the world. Being a welcoming church isn't complicated. It really isn't. But it requires us to be vulnerable and authentic. Authentically see each other as someone who's unique. Someone that is a child of God, created out of love. From what they look like, how they dress, or what they believe. As a church, our vision is straightforward. Be welcoming all, inspired by God, and sent out to live our faith. Just like at the well, this relationship breaks barriers. Go out into the world and break barriers today. these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.